Hello and welcome to Siéntate y Hablemos. This is one of your hosts, Valentina Chavarria. Hello everyone, my name is Brian Segovia. Hello, my name is Alex Mejia. And I'm Jose Torres. Today we have a new episode, episode number two of the semester. And we're going to be talking about the World Cup. It's coming up. Oh yes, we got what, a month away? Yes. Mm -hmm. And today's researcher is Jose. And he has decided to join us in the conversation as well. So welcome. Thank you, thank you. Great to have you here. Great to be here. All right, so now that we have introduced ourselves, I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't know about the World Cup. I don't know about soccer. I don't... You guys are going to teach me again today. So tell me a little bit about what are we talking about today. What is the World Cup for everybody out there? I'm not I'm not that bad. Um, but what is the World Cup? Um, well, yes, of course. Really excited to, to be back again for episode number two. Um, so the World Cup. So... Um, Let's go through just kind of a little bit of the format of what the World Cup really is. So this is an event uh, in which the national teams of each country representing 32 nations that qualify from every continent in the in the world qualify representing the nation and they compete in this one month long tournament that happens once every four years. Uh, and this year it's held in Qatar um, and it'll officially begin on Sunday, November 20th, with the opening ceremony and the kickoff between the hosts, Qatar, against Ecuador, uh, with the tournament ending on Sunday, December 18th. Um, so, Jose, tell us a little bit about, like, uh, the context about this World Cup and, like, why this World Cup is going to be a little bit different than uh, World Cups in the past. Yeah, so normally the World Cup is held on over the summer every four years so this would take place over july over june and july and the thing is about this year this is actually taking place in Qatar, which is in the middle east so as you know it's really hot there the summers are get really hot and so they actually pushed it back to um the winter this year so they could uh, have a better climate better conditions for the soccer players you know just the overall better experience and so it actually began sunday november 20th like you just said But also, um, touching about the viewership, this is the most viewed sport in, um, in the world. So last last World Cup was held in Russia, and they had about three and a half billion viewers. And so this year, they're actually expecting it to reach five billion viewers, which would be the most watched televised sports um, sports program ever. So the World Cup, just to give some context uh, for the history of the game, um, the first ever World Cup was held back in 1930. Um, happened in Montevideo, Uruguay. Um, and the final was Argentina against Uruguay. Uruguay won the first ever World Cup back in 1930. And um, that uh, tournament, I think it had like 12 teams that played in that World Cup, and now it's grown to 32 teams. So it shows just how much the game has continued to grow over almost a 100-year history of the World Cup. Um, and also, um, Brazil is the one who's won the most tournaments at five. Um, there's a few other countries that have, uh, claimed that have won it. That's a total of eight, uh, nations have won the world cup. So 
maybe this year we'll have a new winner. We'll have maybe have that ninth uh, national team winning the World Cup. We are we'll hoping to see. We are hoping. Uh, but yeah, so then in 2026, um, the World Cup is coming over to North America. It's like a joint World Cup between the USA, Canada, and Mexico. And there's going to be 48 nations in that World Cup. So it's continuing to grow. Um, and viewership is also going to continue to to grow alongside that. Yeah, I can't wait for that. It's totally going up for the, totally showing up to the final for that one. Yeah, for sure. When it's here in the U.S., no doubt I'm going to be here. So we kind of want to touch upon what's happening in this World Cup. So as you know, teams qualify um, months and sometimes years before the World Cup actually starts. Um, But some key uh, teams that are missing out on this World Cup, uh, surprisingly, it's going to be Italy. They recently won the Euros, but they could not qualify for the World Cup. Uh, Colombia is another team that did not qualify, and they are ranked seventeenth in the I nation. I P. I guess I won't be watching the World Cup anymore. I'm sorry. So sad. You can support Mexico. I will. Please. I will. No worries. Um, Sweden is another one that's missing out on the World Cup. Peru, Chile, um, but one that actually, um, the United States. This is their first World Cup coming back after the last World Cup they missed. So that's another yeah. big one that I'm really excited to see because we want to see if they manage to work out, you know, their their flaws that didn't allow them to come back in the World Cup last. Time. Yeah, the U.S. team definitely received a lot of hate last time for for not making it um, to the World Cup. Um, so yeah, hopefully they can rebound, and we'll talk a little bit about the U.S. in a minute um, to see like how far can they actually go. We'll we'll talk about that. Um, but um, yeah, Jose, uh, I, you said that like this is gonna be the most like expensive World Cup ever. The budget for this year is actually two hundred twenty billion, which is a lot compared to any other previous year. The second previous highest was Brazil in twenty fourteen, and that that was actually fifteen billion. And then Russia twenty eighteen, which is the last World Cup held, was eleven point six. So if you compare to those two, it's about twenty times it's a as huge much. difference. Yes. It's like twenty times more, yeah. more expensive. They poured money into this World yeah, Cup, which so. which makes sense because they also got to accommodate all the travelers, all the tourists that's going to be coming to it. Um, a lot of you know countries try to enter into the drawing to become the next host of the World Cup because they see the revenue that it brings. Um, so Qatar did spend two hundred twenty billion, but they are hoping to get a little bit more. Um, you know, extra and um, extra money because they held it. You know, they had to big make hotels, the stadiums, pay the people who make the stadiums. But hopefully, in the end, they do get a profit out of this as well. Yes, that's that's always the last hope for every nation that's hosting the World Cup. They're just trying to gain popularity, boost their income. You know, just trying to get up in the stage. And I think that Qatar's actually received a lot of criticism because of how much they spent, and you know, they haven't really been focused on their actual, you know, nation. They've been really just trying to pour a lot of money to any a lot of money into this. But the thing about that I would like to touch on that is that they actually a lot of the a lot of this money is actually focused on the infrastructure as a whole. So they're not really just focusing on the World Cup. As the World Cup they only spent about ten billion in stadiums, which is still a lot, but you know, that that ten billion is actually comparable to, you know, Brazil and Russia. So that isn't horrible. But the other two hundred ten billion Supposedly been to, you know, public transportation, hotels. They've really just been trying to improve their nation overall. So I think that's something really important to touch on with that $220 billion figure. So in general, they're just like 
the the residents of of the city and the country are just gonna just like have better stuff yeah. to do this so that's really nice actually normally what i've heard is just that it does the opposite just like everybody's so tired of the world cup after it happens and the infrastructure doesn't really work anymore so it's good that they're they're thinking about it in that way yeah and and i understand where they're coming from i mean there have been past world cups where they spend so much money on these stadiums but these stadiums you know after the world cup they become abandoned and no one maintains these stadiums anymore so they just you know without maintenance they're gonna fall apart and so why spend so much money so that's another controversy that's going on with world cups and countries pouring that much money in is that after the world cups then what do you do with the stadiums do they just you know what do you use them for um people have you know given suggestions maybe provide you know use that as housing or use it for future like maybe if they host the olympics or something um because that is a huge controversy that you know these stadiums are not maintained and it's just you know quote-unquote a waste of money where that money could have gone to maybe healthcare or something to boost their economy even more so that's that's one conflict that does arise and what citizens do um kind of voice when they do host the world cup so Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think like um, with the World Cup, the biggest problem is like what actually happens to all these facilities after you you build them. It's the same thing that happens with the Olympics, too, which the Olympics like the hosts always like spend so much money on facilities and stuff that afterwards goes to rot. And so a lot of people uh, in those countries, you know, have to pay taxes to support the the efforts to build these stadiums. Um, And so there is a question to be had of like, how is it actually benefiting everyone, you know, that lives there that's paying taxes for these stadiums to be built and then like there's nothing coming out of them. I do know that like for one of the stadiums in Qatar, one thing that I I did read um, is that they are planning to use it um, like as a stadium during the World Cup, but then they're going to convert it into an apartment complex for students. Okay. okay. Um, so Qatar has been ambitious in like trying to use their stuff to um, to uh, impact the community and like actually have a use afterwards. But there's a lot of controversy because a lot of people have asked, you know, like, you know, FIFA doesn't have the cleanest, you know, yes. re- <laughs> reputation. Mm-hmm. And the World Cup being hosted in Qatar and previously in Russia, you can tell that there's like... Um, some sort of political tie, some kind of, you know, fishy activity going on there. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, you know, how this really does play out. But, um, you know, it, it, there is a lot of people that have been protesting this World Cup uh, specifically because of the controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the housing is going to be a big, big problem and or hopefully not a problem, but a big issue with this World Cup because I know the population right now is reaching three billion as a nation. However, there's expected to be a 1.2 million attendance for this World Cup. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they have about a third of the population just coming in just to watch for a month and leaving. Yeah, for sure. Um, So we'll see. And uh, the last thing I'll notice about this interesting about this World Cup that I was looking at with Alex earlier is the ticket sales. So like Qatar, I think they've almost bought like 1 million tickets, the Mm -hmm. Qatari citizens. And there's almost three pil- three million people in uh, the country. So that means that one in three people in Qatar is going to be at a World Cup match, That's which is insane to think about. Um, they bought more tickets than any other country. Uh, I think like second was the U.S. and then um, Saudi Arabia was the next one. So like it's gonna be a very like um, 
guitar heavy like attendance at a lot of the games i'm pretty sure and something something i read about a few a few weeks ago is you know you see how some tickets they do sell out and some resell them at a higher price than they originally are being sold at um fifa is trying to tackle that issue because they know that that exists and they want it to become a more affordable to people in guitar and people who genuinely want to go and view the world cup so they they are you know really trying to tackle that that issue by limiting or not even allowing resale on tickets so like you can't resell your ticket for i don't know like 500 or something extremely out of proportion and keeping it reasonable for the citizens and other people to actually enjoy the game instead of paying resale price um so that's another thing about tickets and uh i think that should that's a huge thing yeah Yeah, definitely um so next let's start talking about this world cup all right because we're a month away now it's it's right on our doorstep so Let's talk about what this World Cup is going to look like in terms of the nations that are going to be participating, some of the players, um, and then give an idea for the format. So the World Cup basically is set into, uh, you have 32 teams that are divided into eight groups. And um, of these eight groups, the top every, every team in uh, the groups um, plays uh, every team in their group once. So... Um, a team will play three games in their group. That's called the group stage. And the top two teams out of those groups will then advance to a knockout stage where it's single elimination and starts with a round of 16, then quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the final. Um, And in the group stage, a win against an opponent is three points, a draw is one point, and a loss, you get zero points. And based off of the point totals, you calculate the top two teams in each group. Um, and so let's go into the, the group stage. Let's, uh, let's, uh, name the team. So in group A, you have, uh, the host Qatar, uh, at the top of that group and then Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands in group B, there's England, Iran, and the USA who's back in the world cup, Wales, uh, group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. In Group D, France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. In Group E, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan. Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. And finally, Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and Korea Republic. Um, so let's start off by just saying, like, who do you guys think is the most difficult? The mo- what is the group of death? From these from these groups, what is probably the most difficult group to advance out of out of all of them? Um, me personally, I think the group to get out of if you're a Mexico fan, <laughs> uh, Group C, and I think in general, I think Group C has quality players. I, Argentina is one of the top contenders to win the World Cup. Um, Mexico always puts a fight, and then Poland they have one amazing striker in that team. Um, that has a great mentality. So I think Group C, if you're a Mexico fan, so I th- hopefully a lot of viewers, um, is going to be a hard group to get out of. So that's my pick. Yes. So for me, I would say Group B is a really strong group too. You know, England right now, they have amazing players. They have amazing squad. You know, the chemistry is really good. And they've been doing really good. So I think, you know, for sure, they'd be the, one of the top contenders in the Group B to win it. And then after that is the USA, Wales, and Iran, which all have been doing, you know, they've been doing their part, and they have amazing players, all of them. You know, USA has a lot of young rising stars. Wales has, you know, a lot of 
young players too in Iran. You know, they're not really talked about a lot, but they've they've been up and coming, and I think they they have a really strong, solid team this year. So Group B might be one of the hardest ones. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, when I look across all these groups, the one that stands out the most to me is uh, Group H, just because there's so much star power like across the board, like. Um, I mean, Portugal, I mean, who, like, what, what else do you have to say? You got Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> and you got probably one of the most solid European teams there. Um, Ghana, who is consistently probably the best team from Africa, like, throughout history in the World Cup, they are always really hard to play against, and they have, you know, really pacey, strong players. And Uruguay, like, they won the first ever World Cup, who says they can't do it again? Like they've got an upcoming squad with a lot of really good players um, from clubs all over Europe, and then Korea Republic. You may not think about South Koreans as being um, a place where soccer is growing, but um, Korea has a lot of young players coming up, and uh, Young Min Son is one player that comes to mind uh, for Tottenham Hotspur in 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 the UK, uh, who is a who's a superstar. He's a phenomenal player, and I think like you can kind of see that that group is very even and any group can get out uh, or any team can get out of that group, but um, it's, it's a very tough group to predict. Absolutely. And, and we all know that going into these matches and is the mentality that each one of these players are going to hold, you know, you are playing for your national team, you know, where you're from and, and, you know, some people are unfortunate enough not to be able to participate. I kind of want to go through some people who are not going to be participating into the World Cup, some hurt players. Um, so you got, you know, a player from uh, Argentina, Paulo Dybala, one of the fantastic players that he will be missing. Uh, Mexico is Tecatito, Corona. That's a huge loss for us as well. Um, that when I heard that news, I was very upset. And we were like, well, there goes, there goes a good amount. Yeah, so I want to touch on that. He actually has a fractured fibula, which happened over the summer, and that's one of the main reasons. You know, they wanted to see him back in action, and they were, like, checking up on him recently. And the last time that we had a report on him was actually the second week of October. And so far, he's they said he has had a fast recovery, but they still don't think he's going to make it in time. So, however, the, the coach for the Mexico soccer team, he said that he would wait till the last minute, which is November 16th when they actually have to um, announce their team. And so he said he's waiting to the last second, and if Tecatito Corona can make it, he's going to put him on the list. But if not, they're going to have to find a replacement. And see, that that shows the importance of like how fast these players want to recover for the World Cup. Again, this could be his last, or many of these players' last World Cup, because it only happens every you know four times. Um, you know, and for that, some people get to experience the World Cup maybe two or three times before their career is over. And so fast recovery is on top of their mind. You know, they want to avoid injuries. They want to get back on the pitch as soon as possible because they don't want to afford to miss possibly their last World Cup. Um, and especially playing for your national team and putting it all you got and achieving one of the biggest, probably the biggest achievement in soccer. Um, and so you can see the importance of fast recovery and why even on the last day they'll check if he's fit to come on because you can it's important. I think one of the biggest like controversies with this World Cup is the fact that it's in the middle of the season. Like a lot of these players are currently playing, still playing mm -hmm. games. Where if the World Cup is during the summer, they have like about a month and a half to rest at the end of their season before the start of the World Cup. So now that you know games are still playing and um, you know important games are being played at the club level. A lot of these players are having to choose. Oh shoot! Like, 
do I like give it my all at the club level, you know, because I can't get injured for the World Cup. Like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of these players. Um, it's something that they might have one chance in their career to ever play, uh, play in. And so, yeah, there is a lot of controversy around that. And there have been a few players have gotten injured in club play in the last few weeks because this is about time now, you know, as the season has advanced, your body breaks down. And so, like, mm-hmm. people are, you know, players are trying to, to take care of themselves. Yeah, I think uh, FIFA has recognized that and they actually increased the squad from 23 to 26 players this year to give them a little more freedom, you know, bring bring extra subs in, bring extra people that they can, um, you know, replace while, you know, anything can happen really, you know, it's there's a lot of injuries that can happen, especially because it's the middle of the season, you know, people are just more worn out. So, you know, I think the three extra players can make a big difference if they choose them right. Absolutely. So I kind of want to transition over to who is potentially supposed to make the final? Who is most likely to yeah, make the final? Favorites. I know Brian is pretty biased towards Argentina, um, for a good reason. Oh, for sure. For a good reason. We know that they have a solid squad. Solid squad. But we do know Amazing why squad. he has. He. We all know who who plays for Argentina. Leo Messi. Mm. And I'm gonna let Brian talk a little bit more about that because that's his player and his team. So you're letting me talk, Alex. That's dangerous. <laughs> that's a dangerous game you're playing right there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, I feel really confident about this Argentina team coming in. Um, I think the last decade or so they've been pretty shaky, you know, had had to go through a lot of managers and lost a lot of finals. But Messi, you know, two years ago um, during the summer, finally winning Copa America, winning a South American championship, kind of getting that monkey off his back and, um, you know, taking uh, that next step and winning a trophy with his country. And so now I I've seen that Messi looks so much more relaxed playing for the Argentina national team. And Argentina has a bunch of, you know, solid players in their core. And, and they're still bringing back some of their uh, players who have World Cup experience, like Angel Di Maria um, and others, and Otamendi. Um, so they have a, a solid squad mix of, you know, young players and um, older players with experience. And I think Messi's kind of in the middle of all of that action. And uh, it's a ve- I think this is a very solid chance for Argentina to make a deep run. Um, but yeah, I mean, shoot, if, if, if Argentina brings it home, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be celebrating for a while. So of course, but we can't talk about Messi only. We can switch over to Portugal. Portugal has Cristiano Ronaldo. And honestly, you have Messi and Cristiano, you two best players in the world. We'll save the argument for another day. Um, but I think since they know that this is their final world cup, this is their last one to achieve the best achievement in football in anything you know so you're they're going into this world cup with the mindset of we need to win this and so i feel like that mindset is going to drive a ton of momentum into each of their teams you know they're leaders and them going into this into this world cup they're going to motivate and lead this team to making it pretty far and so i believe that argentina and portugal um have that one player and that one player is going to motivate them to make it pretty deep into it um my personal um, person who I think is going to win the World Cup, I go with Brazil. I think Brazil's going to take it this year um, due to their amazing squad. They have such young players, um, Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo, um, Fermino. Y- you have some solid players, young, but also you have other players who are experienced as well. Um, and they are 
the, you know, predictions have said that they are most likely going to win this World Cup. I don't know if anyone disagrees with me here. Uh, hey, look, Brazil's a five-time champion. You can't go wrong with the, the you know, strongest team historically all time. But, um, but it's our biggest rival. Like, we can't let them win. Anyone but them. I'm going to say... As a person who has never really taken any interest in the World Cup other than to see um, Shakira singing, um, I would go with Brazil, but that's just because... <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. He's thank you, thank you. <laughs> he's looking away. Um, that's just because I like I hear so much about Brazil and everybody like fearing Brazil, so that's who I'm going for. I'm sorry, Brian. It's just the only thing I know. It's the only thing I know. See, I, I I know Brazil has the most likely chance to win, but the one I really want to win is Mexico. <laughs> but to we be all do. We all do. But to be realistic, we we have that curse. What's that curse? The round of sixteen, we can't make it past that. Yes. It's it, the curse, and you know what? The curse of the uh, the fifth game, right? Yeah. The curse like of the fifth game and quinto partido. Yeah. yeah. Quinto partido. And what happened? Like what? Two World Cups ago, no fue penal. No era no penal. Fue penal no era so penal. like, you know. We, we that curse still lays on and we're hoping to break that curse this year and hopefully make it far winning it maybe not but that's my that's my hope one day yeah. i hope mexico wins but when was the last though. time i think it's like mexico in the last six world cups has gotten out of the group to the round of 16 they've lost six straight times or something five yeah, or six straight I think, I think it's been five times but also with mexico they were they really just they have the surprises, I would say. You know, last year with Germany, first game off the bat, you know, no one really expected that. No one thought, you know, everybody thought, you know, Germany, easy win, easy group win. You know, it was a hard group, but they really, no one really expected that. And also, especially because Mexico, every time before the World Cups, they never really do that good. You know, qualifying, some years they do good, some years they do horrible. I remember brazil they barely qualified you know it was it was tough you know it was i'm pretty sure it was thanks to the u.s that they qualified and so you know they showed up to the world cup brazil and they you know they they showed out you know they did good so i think that's that might be a good thing to tell to show you know mexico hasn't been doing that good right now but they do have a lot of young players a lot of you know good and strong players so we'll see i'm really excited to see how it turns out you know hopefully hoping for the best but we'll see how it happens Who's your pick to win the whole World Cup? So personally, I would also go with Brazil. You know, that's just the team. But My some God. a player they haven't touched about is Neymar. Mm. You know, this is yeah. he stated before this is the last. This he wants this to be la his last World Cup. You know, I, I feel like he still has one more in him, but he's been talking about it being his last World Cup. So I think that really yeah, just man. having to show out. You know, the same as M Messi, the same as um, Ronaldo. I think it's gonna be really important for him especially this World Cup compared to any other. And with the team he has, and, you know, I think I think they're going to really have a good chance. So. You know, when, like, the, the main characters in movies, when they, like, ride off into the sunset and, then, like, the end of the movie happens? It's kind of like that for Ronaldo, Messi, for Neymar, you know. Um, for the three of them, it's, like, they want to be able to, like, win the World Cup. It's, like, that last achievement that they can do and then, like, then kind of retire from the national team afterwards and, like, everyone won't doubt them anymore. Um and like those three players are incredible despite like not having won the world cup like there's no like they don't need to go and win the world cup to prove anything but like you know as um you know fans we want to see you know those players like win the world cup and lift the the biggest trophy of them all so um it's going to be fun to watch i think that 
what's interesting about this World Cup, it's a pretty level playing field. Like, I think um, Brazil are like the favorites. I think in the in in the betting, but um, you know, France won the World Cup last year. I mean, like th- France can literally field three different teams and still probably have a good shot of winning the World Cup. That's how talented they are. Um, and the same goes for, you know, England, who made it to the semifinals in Russia, like shocked everyone by doing that and then made the Euros, the Euro final um, last year. And so they have a ton of talent, like on all phases of the game. And, uh, and then you can never discount, you know, Seneg- uh, or sorry, Spain and, and Germany, um, you know, other European giants that have won the World Cup in the past. So um, there's there literally any team could come in and win this World Cup. But what do you think are some of, like, the underdogs? Or, like, who do you think is the dark horse, you know, that could surprise and make a deep run, you know, get to the quarterfinal, semifinal, or something like that, and prove people wrong? Me, personally, I'm going to say Uruguay. I think Uruguay, make, they're making it out that stage for sure. And I think, I think honestly, the, the two players I think are going to show up is going to be... Darwin Nunez, he's been playing really well for Liverpool, but mostly, I'm sorry, I may be biased a little bit, but Valverde, uh, he plays for Real Madrid as that midfield or as a winger, and he has the mentality and the speed and the experience because he plays for Madrid, and I think he will be able to carry um, with the help of his teammates around him. Um, you got um, Luis Suarez as a striker. You have Cavani as well in there, um, experienced players. I think they can push this group, this this team past the group stage, past the round of sixteen, and maybe into into the knockout stages. You know. Yeah, I really like Uruguay as well. Um, I think Uruguay, like just across the board, is is as a as a nation that always does well in World Cups. Like they always make it pretty far. Um, it's crazy to think of it because Uruguay is a country of like three million people, and they have like consistently been like a world cup threat ever since they won the first one back in 1930 they've always like hung around but yeah i think they are a dark horse for sure i think senegal is another one that i kind of want to talk about like they are uh, no african team has ever made it to the semifinals of the world cup and the furthest they've ever gotten is a quarterfinal and i think senegal is africa's best bet um to make the the semifinals um they won the africa africa cup of nations uh, in 2021 they've got tons of players who play in europe right now um, they can play against any of these top teams and and have a shot a shot at winning. So I I would look out for Senegal to to make some upsets, especially in that they're in that group with the Netherlands, right? Right there. Yeah, they're with Netherlands, uh-huh. Qatar, and, and Ecuador. Ecuador so. Yeah, I I definitely see Senegal. All three of those games against Netherlands, Ecuador, and Qatar are winnable games. Like they they can win those games. So like, who says like Senegal can't come out of that group or finish top of that group? So um, I would look out for them. Yeah, so personally for me, another one would be uh, Canada. It's a one good team to watch out for. You know, they have a lot of rising stars, too. They have a lot of, you know, Jonathan David. He plays for Lille in League One. He has 11 matches, nine goals, two assists, which wow. is just incredible, you know, for a young player rising right now. They have Alfonso Davies, who plays in Bayern Munich. And so, you know, they they won their first – they were first place in the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying against, like, U.S., USA, Mexico, against these teams that – you know, usually the top ones, and so they they made it out. And so last time they actually played in the World Cup was in 1986. So you know, it's a lot of pressure, a lot of, you know, um, a lot of people are depending on them to show out this World Cup, do good, and hopefully put put Canada on the map again and for soccer. 
Yeah, Canada was a surprise, I think, to a lot of people. They did. They finished top in CONCACAF and qualifying in North America. Um, yeah, Canada is a big surprise. Um, and it's good to see the game growing in a lot of these other countries that um, a lot of people wouldn't think of as soccer countries. And, and Canada does have a few young, talented players that are coming up through the ranks. So good to look out there. I think... This is going to be a fun World Cup to watch, like to see who who's going to step up, like who's the next young star that's going to step up. I think last time it was Mbappe, like Mbappe was 19 at the time, still having to prove himself, you know. Um, just I think he just gone to PSG. He was just about to go to PSG and uh, still hadn't proved himself, and he stepped up and you know won that World Cup. And so um, I wonder who that young player that's going to come up, James Rodriguez in 2014. Like remember that run, you know. So. It, it it's always fun to see who's the next star that's gonna come on the horizon, you know. Absolutely. Well, transition to the dark horse. Maybe we transition to biggest upset. Who do you guys have as the biggest upset that you think would have made it far, but they're not gonna make it far? Mm. I'll, I'll go first. I think um, I think Belgium. Um, Belgium. You know, we've talked about the golden generation with Belgium. You know, for the last few World Cups. Um, they put together a squad that's just ridiculous across the board. And um, I think that now that team is aging a little bit, you know, Belgium is, is aging. They still have Kevin De Bruyne, who's probably probably the best central attacking midfielder in the game. Um, but beyond him, there's a lot of weak links. There's a lot of question marks, especially like a lot of questions when it comes to chemistry. 